everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cold Brew Crimes. I'm Alicia. And I'm Sierra. And this is case number 12. And we're back <laughs> after not recording for, what, two weeks? Or a week? Yeah, I think it was a week. I was, so, I was going to do this last week, either by myself or, like, try to find someone who, like, wanted to be a guest because you were sick. And then I got sick. So, I was like, well. Yeah, I kicked my ass. I don't know whatever it was or who gave it to me, but they could have kept it. It's so weird that we were both sick with the same symptoms and we had not seen each other. <laughs> but yeah, it fucking sucked. <laughs> I started feeling better on Wednesday. Or no, what's today? Thursday. I started feeling better on Tuesday. And then yesterday I felt like 10 times worse. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> and I have like this migraine behind my eye. Anything I took, it didn't go away. Yeah, but I finally got my taste and smell sort of back. Yeah, I got my taste back, thank God. I got my taste back yesterday, but like barely, but today I could taste stuff, but I can't really smell anything, but I'm like so congested, so. Mm -hmm. It wasn't COVID though, guys. (laughs) I tested myself, I was negative. Apparently it's not correlated with COVID anymore, but. So sorry if we sound sick. (laughs) We really didn't want to go two weeks without giving you guys an episode. So, this week, we're going to do the Black Dahlia. Sierra, do you know who that is? Um, no. I googled a picture of her just so I could see what she looked like. But I didn't read it, because I liked being surprised. Andrew asked me if it had something to do with voodoo. And I was <laughs> like, no. Um, so, I decided to do this case, you know, because I, I couldn't, like choose between the three that like I had in my mind and then I started thinking about this one because the first time I heard about it is when I watched American Horror Story have you ever watched that yeah you know on season one Murder House I skipped around because I think my mom watched it so I always just like caught glimpses of it I've never watched like a whole episode I love season one anyway they bring up the Black Dahlia I think it's in episode nine And they, like, they bring up, like, obviously throughout all of the seasons, they bring up a lot of, like, true crime stories and, like, actual, like, serial killers and stuff like that. Like, one of the newer seasons, they, they, like, um, did a part on, like, Richard Ramirez, the -hmm. Night Stalker. Do you know, you know who that is, right? Yeah. You don't know who the Night Stalker is? I might. I'm, I, I don't know. Anyway. I'm not even saying I'm better (laughs) with faces because you're gonna be like, no, you're not. (laughs) Yeah, remember Ted? (laughs) Anyway. So, we're going to do the Black Dahlia. So, Elizabeth Short was born on July 29th, 1924, to parents Cleo and Phoebe Short. She had an older sister named Virginia and a younger sister named Muriel. Elizabeth was born in Hyde Park, Massachusetts. Her father was a Navy SEAL and had built miniature golf courses until losing all of his money in 1929 due to the stock market crash. That would be a cool job. Which one? Stock market? No, building the the miniature golf courses. I was confused. I was trying to read. I'm like, wait, which one is she talking about? He lost all of his money in the stock market crash. But he was he built miniature golf courses. I wonder if he designed them. Or if he just like built them. How would you even build a golf course? Like the mini golfs like putt putt? Oh, yeah, I mean like Yeah, I I wouldn't even know what to put. Like in the thing. I wonder if back in the 1920s they made them fun like they do now. Like with all the animals or like the waterfalls or whatever. They had one in, uh, gosh dang, Orlando. That's pretty cool. Is it the pirate one? Yeah, it's Treasure Hunt. Pirates I've been there. Cove or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, that one's pretty cool. Andrew and I went there with his parents uh, like a long time ago when we went on vacation. Yeah, I get aggravated with them. And then if I don't make it on like the third time, I'm picking the ball up and I'm moving to the next one. Oh, yeah, I'm terrible at mini golf, but like it's a fun experience. To be honest, I just go for the ice cream because we always get ice cream after. <laughs> There's one right like right there by our house. Miniature golf, right? The yeah. safari? Yeah. We go to that one. They have really good ice cream. I didn't even know they were still open. You get to feed the fish. Anyway, <laughs> so after losing all his money in 1929, in 1930, Cleo's car was found abandoned on a bridge near the Charles River. The assumption was that Cleo had jumped into the river and was deceased. So I think that, like, the cops found um, his car and was like, okay, yeah, he killed himself. Like, I don't know if they actually investigated it or they were like, here's a car, here's a bridge. <laughs> he he definitely had to jump off. Like, what? <laughs> so they just assumed he was dead. <laughs> I don't really. I found a bunch of, like, kind of contradicting stuff about the case. So I was, like, trying to. Cause put, I, like, no effort into that. 
I don't know if they investigated it. I'm just saying. But because like one thing I read, it was like, yeah, Elizabeth's parents got divorced when she was young. And then the, the other stuff was like, no, like they assumed he was dead. So like, I don't fucking know. It gets weirder. Don't you worry. Oh, God. Assuming her husband was dead, Phoebe began working as a bookkeeper to support her family. She would send Elizabeth to Florida for school for school breaks and summers to stay with family and friends. In 1942, Phoebe got a letter in the mail from Cleo, who apologized and said that he had actually ran off to California and started a new life. He's now living in Vallejo, California. Could you fucking imagine? <laughs> you think your husband is dead and you're raising your, what, three children? And then you just get a letter? What was that, like... 12 years later, being like, oh, yeah, sorry, I, I went to California to start a new life. I mean, you didn't have to pay child support. I don't know if they had child support back then. How did he start a new life if he lost all his money? <laughs> he probably found a sugar mama out there somewhere. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I guess in the, in the 1920s, it's easier to disappear than nowadays, but, like, let my husband disappear. I'm going to hunt that motherfucker down. <laughs> <laughs> It was around this time that Elizabeth was feeling out of place in Massachusetts. She spoke with her father and he offered for her to move to California and live with him. Fuck no. <laughs> if my dad abandoned me as a child and then now he's like, yeah, come live with me all the way over here. I don't know how far Massachusetts is from California. I think Massachusetts at the top. I don't know. But anyway, we're doing, <laughs> we our, we're doing our air map again. <laughs> Um, fuck no. I would be like, no, fuck you. Don't ever talk to me again. Like, could you imagine if my dad tried to come back in my life right now and was like, hey, you should come live with me? <laughs> Hell no. <Dumb> bitch. <laughs> but anyway, Cleo told her that instead of paying rent, she could just cook and clean for him around the house, like to stay with him. And Elizabeth agreed. So he was like, you don't have to pay rent. Like you can move out here. Um, just cook and clean for me and it'll be all fine and dandy. Yeah, see, you would have had me at, like, not paying rent, and then you would have lost me at cooking. I hate cooking. Unless you want SpaghettiOs and Hot Pockets on the table every night, be my guest. I'll cook for you all day long. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I don't know. She she wanted to be, like, a movie star, so, like, oh. moving to California was her dream. That so, you know, and plus, I, I guess maybe she missed her dad. So, Cleo sent his daughter $800 to support the move, and Elizabeth was on her way to California. So... She was excited. Can you imagine? He he had to mail her the money. And she had to, like, sit there and wait for it. Like, he couldn't sell her. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, it was nice of him to offer, I Did guess. Did they even have checks back then? I don't know what they had back then. Do they have real money? Like, what do they use as money? The they have dollar coins? bills? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Whatever. Elizabeth was known to be a beautiful young woman who had striking black hair and green eyes. She was also known to always wear a flower in her hair. She had aspirations of becoming a movie star, so the move to California was very exciting for her. Hollywood is in California, correct? I think so. That's where the people move to when they want to be famous? Yeah, I think that's where it's at. I think so, too. <clears throat> I've never been to California. <laughs> so, Elizabeth ended up living with her father for about three months. He lived on, like a navy base or a military base or something so she was staying with him there um apparently she was out partying a lot more than cleo had expected and she was not fulfilling um the cooking and cleaning duties that she had agreed to so she like wasn't cooking she wasn't cleaning she was just going out and partying and he was like no nah, living her best life. this is not what we agreed <laughs> to um so cleo told his daughter that the living arrangement was not working out and he told her that it was like just causing him way too much extra stress and like issues so he asked her to leave he was like i love you but get the fuck out so this was actually the last time elizabeth would have contact with her father so like they left or she left and then they didn't talk again Damn. yeah elizabeth was enjoying her life in california and did not want to move back to massachusetts she found a job at a store called camp cook on the naval base and stayed there for nine months after this, she was ready for a new scene, and she packed up and moved to San Diego with no money or plan. So I'm not sure where she was living while she was working at Camp Cook. I did see that she was staying, like, with one of the Navy people or something, but then he was, like, he, like, 
inappropriate was inappropriate with her or like sexually harassed her or something so then she left but I only saw that in one source so I don't know how true that is but After arriving in San Diego, she met a woman named Dorothy. They hit it off and spent the night hanging out and chatting. Elizabeth confessed to Dorothy that she had uh, she had moved with no money or solid plans. Dorothy offered for Elizabeth to stay with her. This is why there are so many killers. Because I'm not letting anybody stay with me. She's when I like first house meet hopping. Them. If you meet a random person at a bar and they're like, yeah, I have nowhere to live and I have no money, I would not let them in my house. Hey, you want to live with me? I don't know you, but you want to stay with me? People are too friendly. That's probably why I have no friends because I don't talk to people in public, but. (laughs) (laughs) So Elizabeth promised that she would not overstay her welcome and thank Dorothy for her kindness. Elizabeth stayed with Dorothy for one month from December 1946 to January 1947. I think Ted Bundy was born in 1947. You're talking about him again. He was born in the 40s. I know that, but I just don't remember what year. It might have been 43. She didn't stay at houses long. No. Well, she's, yeah, because she stayed with her dad for, what, three months, and then she stayed somewhere else for nine months. Now she's staying for a month. I mean, at least she's, you know, not overstaying her welcome, like she said. But I feel like Dorothy would have let her stay longer. I don't know Dorothy, but, you know. So she told Dorothy that she was on to her next adventure and stated a man named Red was coming to pick her up. Next thing Dorothy knew, she saw a coupe, like a two-door coupe, mm-hmm. pulling in the driveway to pick up Elizabeth. So she was like, all right. They like said their goodbyes. Elizabeth left. And she was like, all right. Bye. On January 15th, 1947, police received a phone call from a frantic woman. Betty Bersinger was a local housewife who was on a walk to the shoe store with her young daughter. While on their walk, Betty saw something alarming. She had seen a pale figure lying in a grassy area and initially thought it was a mannequin. I'm never thinking it's a mannequin. I think everything is a body. Why would a, <laughs> why would a mannequin just be lying in the grass? I don't know, but every time someone, like, they're like, oh, I was going on a walk and I saw this and I thought it was a mannequin. Why is everyone thinking it's mannequins? Mannequins do not look the same. You know, on, like, when you're driving and you see, like, trash bags on the side of the road? Oh, my God. I always think it's a body bag. Yeah. Immediately. I think that a serial killer is on the loose and those are bodies. Why? Like, if I see something lying there that looks like a fucking body, I'm not going to be like, huh, a mannequin. <laughs> it's so weird to me that people think that. Yeah, because the mannequin's feet are, like, solid while bottom of your feet aren't solid. Like, it's not, like, a solid texture-looking thing. It's just weird to me how many people assume that, like, a mannequin is just laying there. Like, who, where, where would it come from? Like, someone stole it and dropped it? Like, I don't know. It's just so weird to me. I think, no. So, getting closer, Betty realized that this was not a mannequin, but actually a young woman's body. Betty immediately found a nearby house and used their phone to call authorities. She later stated that she did not return to the scene as she did not want her young daughter to witness the gruesome scene. So yeah, she like got the fuck out of there. When police arrived to the scene, they found a naked woman's body laying face up that had been cut in half just above her waist. Her right breast was cut off and she had deep deep cuts across her forehead and crisscross cuts on her pubic region. She also had a game of tic-tac-toe carved into her right hip. What the hell? Yeah. See, online, I think I read, like, that that first thing where she was, like, cut, cut in, in half. half. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? But I didn't read the rest of that. Yeah. Tic-tac-toe, dude. Like, Did someone think she was a freaking, just a plain piece of paper? Like, you just sitting in class just doodling? Oh, no. This person's fucked up for real. So, there were also three-inch cuts on each side of the woman's mouth, giving her a sort of, quote, joker smile. So, they, like... Yeah, did the big one. They were just cutting away. So there was no identification on scene. So initially the woman was labeled as Jane Doe. So there was like nothing. It was just her body. And that's it. She had no clothes on? No. She was naked. And cut in half. Dude, why would you cut her right boob off? Why would you cut her in half? Or play tic-tac-toe in her flesh? Yeah, that too. (laughs) I never heard of someone just cutting a boob off and... Um... There have been, like, other, like, cases where serial killers used to do that. I'm not going to say which one because we might cover them and I don't want to give it away now. Um, 
I mean, yeah, people are gross, so. What do they do with the body parts? Do they take them back home and make their own little mannequin? <laughs> Some people eat them. That is so gross. <laughs> Some people just collect them or I don't know what they do with them. I feel like you, if you like cut it off and then you take it home, like what are you going to do with it? Because it's going to like eventually like rot. Because a corpse is rot after a while. We're not even to like the weirdest part yet. <laughs> oh my god. So during the autopsy that was performed on January 16th, 1947, they identified the body to be Elizabeth Short by using her fingerprints. Her body showed marks of strangulation on her neck and marks on her ankles and wrists confirming that she had been bound and tied up for an ex- extended period of time. Her body also told the investigators that she had died while laying face down and stayed in that position for some time after death. This was proven by the lividity on the front of her body. Do you know what that is? Mm-mm. Okay. So when you die, if you're lying on your back, all of the blood pools and settles like on your back. Like whatever you're laying on. So like if you if the person dies like laying on their front, everything settles on the front or like the side or whatever. Like a um, water bottle. Like if you lay it down, all of the water goes to the one side that's laying on. Yeah. Okay. So all of your blood goes to that body and it leaves your skin like a black purplish color. From like all the pooling and everything. So Elizabeth's body showed indication of this pooling and settling on the front of her body, confirming that she had been moved post-mortem. So whoever killed her, killed her while she was laying face down and then eventually moved her and brought her to wherever she was found and like put her on her back. Um, there had also been no blood at the scene where she was found and her body had been thoroughly drained of blood and completely cleaned. So they drained her blood out of her body. Fucking vampire, bro. How do you even drain someone's blood? Like no ounce of blood was found. No. Nothing. And her body was completely clean. I think they said with with gasoline. It'll be easier, huh? They cleaned her body with gasoline, I think it had said. I guess don't like um when they do your autopsies and stuff before you get buried, they drain your body of everything, I think. Of, like, all your fluids. I think. I go in your hollow? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Absolutely not. That's weird. I'm pretty sure I've read that somewhere, that they, like, drain all the fluids from your... It's called something, but I can't think of what it's called. So was she, like, raped? Um, I don't think... Or do you explain it more down? Because I feel like I asked the question and then you I answer know. it in the next paragraph. Um, honestly, I don't remember seeing anything about that. Just, like, all the weird cuts and then her body being uh, cleaned and drained. So, I don't know if there was any type of sexual assault or anything like that. The investigators found Elizabeth's father as next of kin and went to his house to inform him about Elizabeth's murder. According to police, Cleo answered the door drunk and was angry. When informed that his daughter was found deceased and they needed him to identify her body, Cleo responded that he did not want to do so and that he really didn't care that she had been murdered. After this, investigators contacted Phoebe and she flew to California as soon as she could. What a dick. He didn't care? Supposedly. That's what he told the cops like at the door. He was like, oh, I don't really... Apparently what he said was, quote, I don't give a rat's ass. Unquote. (laughs) And they said he was like drunk and angry. It was your kid. I mean, he abandoned her as a child, so... He abandoned, like, kicked her back out on the <laughs> And then kicked her out after three months. What the hell? Yeah. Is this a missing person? Or do we eventually... Or a missing person. <laughs> wow, look at me. Is this, a mur- like, a murder? Do we figure out who it is? Or is it still... It's unsolved. Jesus. <laughs> but after we're done, you might have a suspicion. Okay. I have a suspicion. Of course you do. Yeah, it's unsolved. Sorry. <laughs> Damn. So, investigators also found Dorothy and interviewed her. I don't even know how they found her. You know what I mean? Because yeah, like, like she she's family. Else. Yeah. Dorothy told them about the man named Red who had picked up Elizabeth and that he drove a coupe. With this information, police started searching all motels in the San Diego area. I don't know why they went straight to searching motels. I'm still stuck on how the hell they found Dorothy. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe once they figured out who Elizabeth was. Oh, maybe like they put like a flyer or something. Yeah, or maybe like she had told her mom about Dorothy or something. And her mom was like, hey, she was staying with this person. I don't really know. It didn't explain it. Um, so they started searching all the motels. And they found a motel in Pacifico Beach. And records showed a guest who checked in on December 19th and drove a 1939 coupe. I think it was like a Studebaker coupe or something. I, I don't know if that's the brand. Is that what cars are called? The brand. <laughs> what is it? Model. The model. <laughs> or no, what's the other? Oh, make and model. I don't know if it was the make or the model, but brand. whatever. I mean, it's the same thing. Whatever. I just say <laughs> brand for everything because I said that earlier about something and I was like, that's not correct. Anyway, so they got his name, which was Robert Monley. They looked up Robert and showed Dorothy his photo and she identified him as the man who had picked Elizabeth up. So, lucky them, they found a photo, and Dorothy was like, yo, that's him. <laughs> so, I want to know how they decided to look at motels, though. You know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't you just, like, start looking, I don't know, whatever. It worked. <laughs> so, during further investigation, they discovered that Robert was a married man who lived in South Beach, California, and worked as a sales engineer. I don't know what a sales engineer is. I'm assuming, like, you know, like, back in the day, they had, like, the traveling salesmen. Maybe that's why he was, like, staying in hotels and shit. On January 17th, Robert traveled to San Francisco with a man named Harry. They located Robert, Robert's house and Harry's house and saw that Robert was out of town. They then went to Harry's house and found Robert's coop in the garage. Investigators decided to wait and see if the men would return and ended up waiting outside of Harry's house for two days. I don't know, again, how they came up with the connection between Robert and Harry or why they went to Harry's house. Maybe they went to Robert's house and then Robert's wife was like, no, he's out of town with Harry, you know? That unless they work together. Yeah, maybe they were both sales engineers. So the police were just chilling outside of Harry's house, waiting for them to come back. And on January 19th, Harry and Robert showed back up to the residence. Police instantly took Robert into custody and detained him. They booked him, questioned him, and gave him two polygraph tests, which he passed. With no evidence, police had no choice but to let Robert go. I did not know they had polygraph tests in the 40s. I didn't know they had that crap over The media was now getting a hold of the story. Everyone was obsessed and Elizabeth Short was given the name The, the Black Dahlia. Newspapers gave her this name due to her jet black hair and the fact that she always had a flower in her hair. Her story was dominating headlines for weeks, but the police were no closer to figuring out who was behind the gruesome crime. Yeah, you know, they always gotta, like, give people names and shit. Always, like the Twilight murders. I'm still stuck on that one. That one was ridiculous because that had nothing to do with the fucking murders. (laughs) Y'all are ruining Twilight. When you said the Twilight murders, I'm like, are we talking about the people that were killed on Twilight? I was so confused. But yeah, that makes... I mean, at least it was a nice name for her. I think Dahlia is a type of flower. Oh, see, I don't even know what a Dahlia is. I think it's a type of flower. And then they just put black because she had black hair. (sighs) And apparently she used to like to wear black clothes. She golf. (laughs) she wanted to be a movie star who fucking knows um so on january 24th 1947 a suspicious manila envelope arrived addressed to quote the los angeles examiner and other los angeles papers unquote so i guess to like all the newspapers that's one way to send it so everyone gets it that's a long ass name (laughs) so this envelope contained a letter using cutout words from newspapers that said, quote, here is the Dahlia's belongings, unquote. I hate that. That is so creepy to me. Whoever this weirdo is sat there and cut out these fucking letters and then like glued it or taped it or whatever they had in the 40s to get it to stick and then mailed it. That is so weird. Yeah. So, it also contained Elizabeth Short's birth certificate, business cards, photographs, names written on pieces of paper, and Elizabeth's address book. And I don't know if they were her business cards. I'm assuming maybe for, like, 
Because where did she work? She worked at the... Hold on, I brain farted. She was working at the Camp Cook store, but she didn't work there anymore since she moved to San Diego. I think I saw somewhere that she was a waitress while she was trying to become a movie star, but maybe she had business cards to, like, for movie starring. (sighs) I don't know. So, all of the items had been cleaned similar to how Elizabeth's body had been cleaned. This is a random... Oh, yeah, it's a suspicious envelope. Yeah, it wasn't, like, labeled, obviously, from, like, who it was from. And, and they didn't have DNA, like, you know, back then. I don't Shit, think. Shit, polygraph test. I know. <laughs> but, you know, they can't do much with DNA, so it's not like they could try to... But then, no, everything was cleaned. So, Yeah. Authorities believe that this envelope was sent by Elizabeth's killer or at least someone who had knowledge of, like, the crime or something because yeah. it had her stuff in there. Like how and this... it was cleaned like her body was, yeah. so... And how did this pe- these people get her fucking birth certificate, though? Unless it's someone related to her. Maybe it was Dorothy. Could've I don't her... think it was Dorothy. It could have been her father because who else would have a birth certificate? <gasps> yeah. But why would her dad have his birth her birth certificate? Yeah, because he fucking abandoned her. I mean, unless he has a copy of it. This is why you don't stay with random people you meet, because they could be killers. I'm sure it wasn't Dorothy, but (laughs) I just thought about that. So anyway, they used Elizabeth's uh, address book, hoping that the killer was in there somewhere. And the address book had a few pages ripped out, so they were like, okay, maybe this was the killer's information. What's an address book? You remember back in the day when people had, like, little books? I used to have one in elementary school for no fucking reason. My mom gave it to me. Oh, is it the ones that have, like, A through Zs and it says, like, the name, address? Yes, phone number, yeah. Yeah, I never have one. Email. (laughs) I have one for work, which I literally was trying to find one because I have to, like, know all the phone numbers for all these different, like, doctor's offices and stuff like that. And I could not find one, but my coworker gave me one. So now I have one for work. It's a little black book. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I have, like, all the addresses and emails or fax numbers or whatever. But, um... So there were some pages ripped out, so investigators were thinking maybe the killer ripped it out since it was their information. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know. What well, maybe she just got mad at someone and ripped that shit out. I mean, she's walks around with the. I mean, or someone that's been in her house or wherever she was at. Yeah, I don't know where she was living. Well, I think she was found murdered like right after she left uh, Dorothy's house. So I'm not sure. Where all of her stuff was. You know what I mean? I guess whoever, like, if someone, like, abducted her and then she would have all of her stuff in her purse. Or a bag or something. Did you just walk around with your birth certificate, though? Maybe if she didn't have anywhere to live, she needed it with her to, like, get jobs and stuff. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I don't know. So. At least she didn't have her social security card. Did they have those then? Um, yeah, they have to, right? I don't know. I didn't think they had birth certificates then either. <laughs> I don't fucking but know. But I mean, her social really wouldn't have mattered because... If they have her whole ass birth certificate. Social wouldn't have mattered either. What what identity are you taking? When I... Yeah, she's dead. When I went on a cruise, um, I didn't have a passport, so I had to take my birth certificate with me. And I, like, brought it off of the boat into the Bahamas with me. I was scared it was going to get stolen. It did get ripped. <laughs> like, it got wet and then got ripped. I don't ripped. even know where mine is. I think my mom has mine. Mine's in... I'm not going to tell people where it is. <laughs> Probably the same place mine is. Anyway. So the investigators contacted about 75 men from the address book, but most of them claimed to barely know Elizabeth that well and said that they only met her briefly. 75 men? Was she a hoe? I was thinking maybe she was like an escort or something because they're like, oh, we only met her briefly. Yeah, but you know they got them girls that working for money and... An escort. Oh, because you give it a whole different name because you don't like the other word. No, there are actual people called escorts. What are you talking about? <laughs> You've never heard of like an escort? It's like a high-priced hooker. <laughs> See, they call them prostitutes. Yeah, but they're like, seriously, there's a difference. Like... I didn't know there was a difference. <laughs> <laughs> you do too much research. That's all I do is research. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So this again led the investigators nowhere closer to solving the murder. Yeah, because now aren't they going to have to question the 75 people? They talked to them and they were like, we don't know her. 
they're like we barely knew her we just met her maybe she was just really friendly and they she just like i don't know back in the day there's nothing else to do you just exchange her information <laughs> i don't know i no idea <laughs> Due to the precise cuts that were inflicted on Elizabeth's body, police believe that the person responsible had a medical background. So they were like doctor cuts. Not just like having fun jaggedy with ass. Yeah. So they were like, okay, this person clearly has a medical background. And to fucking drain all the blood. I was going to say. And, and then it, clean, clean it. it. Yeah. So investigators obtained a search warrant for the USC Medical School since it was located close to where Elizabeth had been found. After countless interviews and background checks, they still had no leads. So they interviewed a bunch of people and did like a bunch of background checks and they were like, all right, our person is not here. It was smart of them to do that though, because they're like, mm-hmm. this is close, it's a medical school, maybe someone did this, but. Unless it's like a retired person. Yeah. In February of 1947, two arrests were made in the case. They arrested Robert again, but had to let him go because they still had no evidence. They also arrested a man named Dan. Dan had confessed to the murder, but after his arrest, he claimed he did not do it. But he had confessed because he was mentally unwell. (laughs) That made no sense. So they arrested him because he said that he did it. Yeah. But then after he was arrested, he said he didn't do it. Yeah. And I don't know why the fuck they were bothering Robert again. Like, this man Isn't is Isn't that a thing now? Like, if you confess to doing something, but you didn't really do it, don't you still go to jail for that? No? What's the shit? Yeah, you get charged. Because a lot of people do it. Like, there's a lot of cases where people just want to involve themselves, so they'll, like, make a fake, a false confession, and then, like, it'll come out that they really didn't do it, and the person's like, oh, yeah, I just lied. And then, boom, now you get charged, because you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> Why would you confess to a crime you did not do? Especially a murder. A fucking murder. And he's like, oh, I'm just mentally unwell. Bro, I'm mentally unwell, but I'm not out here confessing to murders. (laughs) Like. No, absolutely not. Yeah. So one suspect who was considered one of the only viable suspects for a long time was a doctor named George Hodel. He became a suspect because several of his friends had seen Elizabeth's photo in the newspapers and recognized her. So they were like, I know that girl and I know her because of George. So then someone called in a tip to police claiming that George and Elizabeth were briefly dating at one point, And many people recalled seeing her at his home um, for many of the shady parties he would throw. So they were like, I've definitely seen her. I've seen her at these parties. Like they were dating secretly. Like they were never official or anything. But like a lot of people were like, yo. Look at George. (laughs) Um, So, and they do talk about George in American Horror Story too. But like, they use a different name, I think. But like, they refer to him as like a fucking janky ass shady doctor and all the evil shit he did. So, allegedly, it was reported that he raped his daughter at age 14 and she became pregnant. So he attempted to perform an abortion on her that was unsuccessful. After this, the baby was put up for adoption. Monster. You should rip it out of her. And... Well, he was a doctor, so he was like, I can do this. In American Horror Story, if I'm not mistaken, they might be referring to someone else, but I'm pretty sure, like, this part was about him. It was, like, about, about a doctor who lived in, like, this big-ass house, and he would do, like, abortions on women, but, like, janky-ass abortions. And then he would, like, do all sorts of other, like, scary medical stuff. Like, in his fucking basement. Mm-mm. And um, I'm pretty sure... Anyone who's listening, if you've watched it, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure it was about him. I'm going to rewatch the series soon. I'm going to have to watch it. I watched it a long time ago. And then I rewatched it when I was on maternity leave with my son. Mm-hmm. But that was, like, five years ago. <laughs> so, um, I can't... Like, I just remember snippets. So, I need to rewatch all of them. And then we'll discuss it later. I'm going to have to watch it. But you I'm should. a little pansy ass when it comes to like scary crap and then I'm by myself. So season one is my favorite. Season two I think is Asylum. That one's okay. My mom likes that one but it's not like my favorite. I usually skip it when I rewatch. And then season three is Coven which is also one of my favorites. I really like that one. 
uh, season four, I think, was the freak show one. I didn't really like that one. I skipped that one, too. And then I get the rest of them all mixed up, so I'm not even going to try to name them. But, like, they're, there's, like, a season about, like, um, hotel. It's about uh, the one hotel where a bunch of serial killers used to stay. Richard Ramirez stayed there. Someone else stayed there. Can't think of the name right now. And then there's one about, like... I don't know, there's just a bunch of different ones, but, like, all the seasons, like, incorporate some, like, true crime or killers or, like, true crime events and stuff like that into them. It's really cool. Kind of creepy, but very sexual. It's a very sexual show, so I don't know if you want to watch it with your mom. I watched it with my mom and my stepdad oh. so for the first time, and I was like, <laughs> So, anyway, back to George. Apparently, there was a trial held for this, and George was acquitted. So, like, they had a trial for the fact that he raped his daughter, got her pregnant, and then tried to fucking perform janked-up abortion, and it didn't work. And then they just gave the baby away. You're on your own, kid. Well, he raped her, so... Oh, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> He's a fucking piece shit. of shit. And I also saw that it was reported that jo- Josh... George also viciously beat his sons as they were growing up as well. So, he, I think he had two sons... I just thought that asked how many kids did he have. I think he had two sons. I didn't put it in here, so I don't really remember. But he apparently would, was, like, abusive and shit. Investigators bugged George's house to listen to his conversation in hopes he would incriminate himself. On February 15th, 1950... <gasps> Today's February 15th. Isn't it? Damn, it is the 15th. <gasps> how weird. <laughs> <laughs> 1950, around 8.30 p.m., investigators heard George speaking on the phone and heard a woman scream. Two minutes later, they heard the woman scream again. LAPD officers responded to the home and searched but found nothing. After they leave, they heard George on the phone again, and allegedly he said something along the lines of putting a pillow over her face and covering her with a blanket. After a while, they heard George say, suppose I did kill Black Dahlia. They can't prove it. They can't talk to my secretary anymore. She's dead. George's secretary had just passed away from a drug overdose. That motherfucker killed her. (laughs) Yeah, especially with that line. Yeah. And she had, like, just recently, like, I think within the last week or two, passed away from an overdose. He fucking overdosed her. He's a doctor. And he basically admitted right here, suppose I did kill. Motherfucker. He's like, they can't prove it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always want to call her Delilah. I don't know why I want to say Delilah. Because if you're looking at it, Dahlia looks like Delilah. I'm real messed up because I don't have my glasses on today. You see me over here? I know. Flipping up the words. I can't wait to get my new glasses. All my words are combining into one over here. <laughs> so... Um, the transcripts from the house, the house bug also showed George giving payoffs to officers, making many people think that police, police helped cover up the murder of Elizabeth Short. So not real sure how they got that from like a recording. Cause it wasn't like a camera. It was just voice, but maybe he had said something like. Unless they heard an officer or something at the door. Yeah. Like, and there was like a conversation about him paying them off. Um, it's pretty cool that, like, back in the 40s, they could bug someone's house. Yeah, I mean, it's not cool, but, like, it's kind of cool for though. the detective purposes, yeah, not for, like, a stalker purpose. Do. I'll leave the house and bug it real quick. <laughs> I mean, I guess now they just make cameras. Make cameras with sound on them. What, in houses? Mm-hmm. I used to have one in the house over here. Yeah, I know, but, like, not everybody has those. And police, I, police still bug stuff, I think. I'm not a cop. <laughs> <laughs> There's just, like, I don't know. This was not like, the fucking 50s. Like, it's crazy to think about, like, the technology that they had back then. They did what the hell they wanted back then compared to us now. And how did they get in his house and bug it? Without him knowing. Maybe he was out being a fucking dickhead. Who knows? Going to pick up uh, Elizabeth. (sighs) I want to know because Dorothy said that this man, Robert, was red. By the way, they called him red because he had red hair. Um, he picked her up. So what was he doing with her? And then how did she mysteriously end up murdered if it wasn't him? Unless he brought her to his house. 
maybe he was friends with George and he was like, hey, I got a girl for you. Probably. Interesting. So anyway. In April of 1950, the investigators finally had enough evidence to charge and arrest George for the murder. But it was too late. George had fled the U.S. avoiding apprehension. Fucking asshole. Why weren't they watching him? Y'all had his house bug, but you weren't, like, sitting outside watching him? Should they be doing that crap now? George's son, Steve, fully believed that his father murdered Elizabeth and started digging into his father's life for more proof. So his son was like, nah, this fucker's guilty and I'm going to prove it. Look at Steve. Good job, Stevie. In 2013, the soil behind George's home was tested for human remains. The test came back positive, but unfortunately, it's just like a positive or negative test. Like, I can't tell you whose blood or like, because it tests the blood. It's called like a something hemoglobin test. Screw that, that shit came back positive. But they can't prove, they can't prove whose blood it was, how many people's remains have been there. Or, like, when they were there. I mean, I guess if he was, like, a doctor, too, though, he could just say... The fuck are you doing with blood in your backyard just because you're a doctor? I mean, he could say that his... Whatchamacallit? That his daughter was running around, cut herself, and... I guess. But, like... So, that I've heard about this test because with the Kristen Smart case, they did this test, and it came back positive, and there was, like, a lot of, like, back and forth about it. But it's, I know it's called something hemoglobin test, and it, so it tests, it's testing for human hemoglobin, which is part of your red, uh, your red blood cells. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way, it's to, like, it can dif- differentiate between, like, animal or human blood. But I, I don't, I don't fucking know. Oh, I can't tell you if it's human or animal? No, no, it, it differentiates. So it, it says, like, yes, this is human blood. So, like, he had human blood somehow in his yard, remains in his yard for some reason. But we know it wasn't Elizabeth's because her body was found. So, who the fuck's remains? Unless he killed her there and then brought her. Oh, so it was just her blood? Because it drained. Because it said it was clean, so he probably cleaned it in the yard. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. He's an asshole, so maybe. So, Steve even wrote a book about his father and his belief that he was behind the Black Dahlia murder. And I looked it up, and I'm pretty sure old Stevie Boy actually authored 25 books. Because there was, like, 25 books that were coming up, and, like, a lot of them were about the Black Dahlia. So I think he became a little bit obsessed with this. I was say, he was real into the... I can't say shit, because if you looked at my history on Safari, you'd be like, all right. <laughs> That's enough. You need to take a break. Yeah. So... On November 24th, 1950, the 27th confession of the Black Dahlia murder was made. 27 people have confessed to this. So, a single mother of three named Christine Reynolds confessed to Elizabeth's murder. Uh, Christine told police that Elizabeth had been living with her at the time and that she went by Libby. She stated that she and Elizabeth had been engaged in a romantic relationship and that they would sneak around to motels to be together. Number one, my issue. Elizabeth was gay? Supposedly. But number one, if you're living together, why are you sneaking off to motels? Unless somebody else was... Whoa, 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 whoa. Unless somebody else was in the house and it wasn't just them two. Lock your door. Yeah, but then people are going to wonder why you're behind the door with the door locked. I mean, you would. <laughs> And you're laughing because you know I'm right. I'm nosy. (laughs) But I wouldn't question you. I'd be like, okay. Yes, you would. (laughs) Don't lie. Anyway, I don't know. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. But apparently, like. But I understand, though. Yeah, like, back in the day, this was like, oh, my God. Wasn't it? It was illegal back then, too, right? Probably. Yeah, because didn't it just get passed? Well, marriage. But I think just, like, the fact of, like. The same sex being together was like appalling to people, especially in the fifties. So they, they were probably like, didn't want the shit. Yeah. If this is even true, if they were even canoodling, I don't think it's true. <laughs> anyway, so she told police that four nights before the murder, Elizabeth had been out late, and Christine found out that she was with another woman at a bar. Christine was pissed. So, she drove to the bar and confronted Elizabeth, and then the two got into a verbal argument. 
so they're like fucking hollering in the bar. <laughs> Christine told Elizabeth that it was time to go and they got and then they got into the car with Christine driving. They continued arguing in the car and at some point Christine pulled over and began choking Elizabeth. She stated that Elizabeth fought back and was eventually able to escape the car and run. Christine got out of the car and had a knife and began stabbing Elizabeth. Christine admitted to all this? Yes, but she told police. She was like, I don't remember stabbing her. But then she's like, but I stabbed her. You lying, Christine. Police were not buying the story. Christine said she left her there after the attack, but investigators knew that Elizabeth had been clean and staged at the scene. And there was no blood on or around Elizabeth's body when she was discovered. Yeah, because old Georgie did it. But yeah, they were like, no, she was cleaned and moved and sawed in half. So if you got, if you choked her and then got out of the car and stabbed her and then left her there, you think... I've never heard of like a girl, like a killer though. I mean, I probably have. Give me a second. Hold on. Why'd you look at me like that? Dude, I'm so tired. My brain's, like, running really slow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's girl killers, but, yeah, like... They're not as known. Yeah. I mean... Mm-hmm. What it, girl killer is there? Why'd you look at me like that? Jodi Arias. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Ken and Barbie killers. They were a killer couple. There's another killer couple. Uh, Carla Homolka and some shit. I can't remember his name. Ben... No, it's not bad. You know too many murderers, bro. Um, <laughs> who else? I mean, there's been a few. Diane Downs killed her kids. Yeah, but to- But it's not making sense because you're saying that you left her there so you think a random person just came and was like, oh, a dead body, let me fucking clean it and drain the blood and saw it in half and play tic-tac-toe. Yeah, no. Christine. Why are you lying? I th- I would believe that Christine choked her and that's where the hand marks were from. I don't buy the whole story. But anyway. Sue. I'm stuck on George. Yeah, he's at the top of my list. This is when Christine dropped a bombshell. She gave police a part of the story that had not been revealed to the public and only investigators knew this detail. Christine told investigators that she cut off some of Elizabeth's hair and put it inside of her vagina after she killed her. Whoa. Instead of yeah. Elizabeth's hair in her cootie cat? Yeah. I'm not going to say what supposedly Christine actually said, like her actual words, but that is what she said she did. The police thought that she had to know something about the murder to know this detail, but were not convinced that she was the murderer. So, like, that part of the story had never been released publicly. Because you know how, like, when people are murdered, the police keep, like, certain little details to themselves? Yeah. That way, if someone confesses, they know whether or not it's real based on... Because, like, if I'm saying, okay, I murdered her, and I'm only listing stuff that was, like, in the newspapers or, you know. But if I'm sitting here saying stuff that no one else knew, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um... After further questioning, Christine confessed that she was lying. Number one. (laughs) Why the fuck are you lying? Lying about what? The hair in the crotch or the first part? The whole thing. The whole story. Oh my god. Number two. You have three children. And you're willing to just go to prison? What about your fucking kids, Christine? She probably gave a shit. (sighs) So... She told them that she had a friend who worked for the LAPD and had told her the information about the hair. So that's how she knew about that. Like her friend worked there and was like, oh my God, did you hear about this case and this detail? But can't that person get fired because they're talking about a case? Yeah, because why the fuck you run in your mouth? So investigators asked Christine why she would lie and she responded saying that two days before Elizabeth was found, she'd woke up with her clothing and shoes covered in blood. She probably helped the person. So, she said assuming she had murdered someone, she went to the police station in her bloody attire and was not taken seriously, so she eventually just left. Like, she went there and was like, I think I killed someone, and, like, she's supposedly covered in blood, and everyone is, like, blowing her off and was like, eh. The fuck? (laughs) These police need to step it up. Well, I mean, it is the LAPD, so... (laughs) 
They don't have a good track record. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently not even in the fucking 40s. So Christine said all the years passing just intensified her guilt. So she thought confessing to Elizabeth's murder was the right thing to do. She probably fucking murdered someone. (laughs) But it wasn't Elizabeth. But that doesn't mean it was Elizabeth. So don't you think the investigator should have looked in to... Number one, the friend who supposedly told her this information to find out if that was real. Like, if she actually had a friend. Or if she knew this because she was involved in the murder. Or number two, look for other people who were murdered around that time that was unsolved. Because what if she actually murdered someone? Unless Christine helped. Christine probably could have helped whoever it was. That's what I'm saying. Like, they didn't look into it. They didn't look into any angle of it. After she was like, after they realized she was lying, they were like, alright, go home. Oh, because they're probably not believing anything else she says after that. But that's what I'm saying. Wouldn't you look and be like, what is your friend's name who told you this? And then look into that officer or whoever she is to who works for the LAPD. Nope, didn't do that. Look into other people who were murdered around this time and see if there's any connection to Christine. This no, is why so many we didn't people do that. died back then. Yeah. This is why there are so many unsolved cold cases. Because what the fuck are y'all doing? Not doing their job, just getting paid for it. All the cops are going to come after me now. <laughs> Listen, I'm not a cop hater. I'm just saying. <laughs> in 1950, a sketch was sent to put. Po- a sketch was sent to a police station in North Carolina labeled "Dahlia Killer." Look this man up. North Carolina police forwarded this image to the LAPD, and oddly enough, the drawing closely resembled George Hodel. I tried to find this picture online, and I could not, because I wanted to see it. I looked up North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina Dahlia drawing, and it kept showing me, like, drawn pictures of flowers. (laughs) Unless Christine did do it, and then she's like, well, I need help finding it, or whatever, and she knew George was good, and she somehow knew George. And had him help her. And had him help her. Why would someone send that picture to North Carolina? Yeah, because they weren't in North Carolina, right? No, No, they were in California. California? North Carolina. This is our hand, our air maps. <laughs> I know where North Carolina is because I want to move there. Yeah, it's like four states up, right? Yeah. <laughs> Those, uh, yeah, after North Carolina, I don't know my damn states. Oh, West Virginia. 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 Virginia is above and then West Virginia. I used to live in Virginia. Anyway, now that the, the people listening know all about my life. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Another suspect was the Cleveland Torso Murderer. <laughs> what? So, he murdered women and cut their bodies in half from September 1934 to August 1938. So, for four years, he was just killing and cutting. So, his crimes are believed to to have spanned from Ohio to possibly Pennsylvania and California. He was never apprehended, so many people believe he could have left Ohio and killed Elizabeth, making her his final victim. He officially has 12 victims linked to him, but it's possible that his count could be upwards of 20 victims. And they have no fucking idea who this who this person is. Like, he has never been identified. They just, like, connected all of these murders, murders and gave him a name. <laughs> they never found out who he was? No. Damn. James Elroy published a fictionalized novel about the case, and it was eventually adapted into a movie. His book combines facts and fiction of the case and gives readers a solved case when, in reality, the cases have never been solved. Yeah, apparently this book was really good. I tried to buy it on Amazon so I could read it, like, on the Kindle app, and it wouldn't let me. And then I forgot to order it. What was the name of the book? The Black Dahlia. Oh. I'm I'm thinking I read the book name. No, I didn't put it in there. It's just just called The Black Dahlia. Um, Was there a lot of books about her? Oh, fuck yeah. Ton of books. But I want to read this one because everyone was like, oh my god, like I couldn't put it down. I'm going to buy it off of Amazon. I was trying to just buy it on the Kindle app so I could read it before we recorded because I don't want to have to wait for it to get shipped. Mm -hmm. And then I forgot to actually order it, like the actual book. So it's sitting in my cart. (laughs) But I I really do want to read it. It looks really interesting. And he, um, like you had just read, he he gave like um, a solution to the case when reality there's no solution. It's unsolved. But everyone said that he was a really good writer. And they did make it into a movie. I haven't seen the movie, 
I don't know if it was good or not, but... I was going to say, I seen it when I searched Yeah, like, those are, like, the two uh, things that come up, is, like, his book and then the movie that they made. Um, There have been many books authored about the case, as well as movies and TV shows. There's many theories and speculations on what really happened, but the case remains one of the most notorious unsolved cases after 70 years. Or over 70 years, I think. Damn. But... Yeah. I'm sticking with George I as think, my answer choice. I think it was him too. And his son said that like um after he fled the country, he would like periodically come back to the US and like do some weird shit and his son thinks he was coming back to the US and murdering people and then going back to wherever he was. That's all there I'm gonna look up Ted Bundy's birthday to see if I was right. He's like at the top of my search history. It's fine. <laughs> Just add him as a favorite. Ted Bundy. <laughs> ah, he was born November twenty fourth, nineteen forty six. What'd you say, nineteen forty seven? Dang, you were real close. Forty six. I knew he was born in the forties. He just takes up a lot of space in my brain. <laughs> yeah. He lives rent free. <laughs> For, legit. <laughs> Literally. My man's is always there. <laughs> so, yeah, I couldn't decide this week because I, wa- I really want to do John Wayne Gacy. That was the clown. Yes. But that just will... Just let me know so I can wear my comfy PJs. Yeah, because that'll probably definitely be like a two-parter like Teddy. Um... I also was going to do, you remember that one case that I, and we've talked about this because there was a show on Hulu and like the girl's sister was really pissed that it came out and it was about that guy who killed the girl and he said he did it while he was sleeping or sleepwalking or something. I know who you're talking about, but I can't picture the name. But you know what I'm talking about. I wanted to do that case and it's so weird because one of the other podcasts that I list, like they did that, that they did it this week and I was like, how weird. But now I, I'm going to wait to do it because I don't want to, like, copy them. <laughs> but maybe I'll start my research on uh, John. Maybe. I don't know. I was going to say from the YouTube video thingy that they... YouTube. the Net, Who's on Netflix, right? That was one on Netflix? John Wayne Casey? Yeah. Probably. I know there's one on Peacock. I watched it. Yeah, the crap looked real long. And he looked like a damn creeper. He is a creeper. He looks like a creeper from the band. There is something on Netflix. Um, I mind something mind hunter. Is that what it's called? Something. It's about like different serial killers, but I know they did. I think like one or two episodes on John Wayne Gacy. So maybe that's what you watched. But you you do know a little bit about him because we've talked about it. Mm -hmm. But I want to do him. Well, I want to cover his case. Um, I think what I'm going to do is make a list. Of who you want to cover? Yeah, so I have, like, um, a plan. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. this week we're doing this, this week we're doing this. I started a little list in my notes app, but then I deleted it because I was like, <laughs> what if someone takes my phone and they open it to see, like, a list of fucking murderers? <laughs> anyway... Did you enjoy this case? I did. I'm real mad that it was unsolved, though. Yeah. It's okay. We solved it ourselves. I was going to do another missing persons because and now I can't even remember who it was. But then I was like, oh, we just did one. So I want to like kind of like, you know. Yeah. So I was like, well, let's do a murder. And then I was like, ooh, unsolved. Even though I hate unsolved cases. But, you know. It really I stress me out. I'm pretty sure I know who did it. Missing stress me out more than unsolved. Missing persons haunt me. Yeah. Our Bryce Lost Piece of TikTok did very well. It did. It got like over 2,000 views. And like, I think it has the most likes of all of our videos. And like, people were saving that shit. We got some new followers. Oh, shit. Yeah, I popped up. I popped up. The account popped up on my For You page the other day. Oh, did it? Yes. It popped up on my friends, too, because she sent it to me. She was like, look, look what was on my For You page. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> it's so, I don't know, it's fun. 
Um, so yeah, we hope you guys like this case and we're so happy to be back this week. Um, we'll have a fun new case for you next week. Don't forget to watch John Walsh on America's Most Wanted. If you don't have cable, if you do have cable, DVR it. If you don't, watch it on Hulu the next day. Um, I'm still waiting for an update on Scott Peterson and the Los Angeles Innocence Project. Haven't heard anything about that, but I'm interested to see. He also lives rent free in my head, that whole case. Um, yeah. You just got a mansion up there with people just living in it. I told you, I have, what did I say I had? I have a, um, something of crime. A catalog of crime <laughs> in my mind. I have to, like, stop myself from telling, like, random people true crime facts. <laughs> because it terrifies them. Hey, I don't want that person as my nurse anymore. We're going to have to switch it. Yeah. I've done it to patients so many times. Most of the time, either they don't understand what I'm saying or they just, like, laugh at me. No, I'm being, like, dead serious. And, like, the poor guy who I told about how many people go missing from cruises and he was like, what the fuck? Or, like, you know, the lady, the lady who told me she did not like my scrub top, I think she just does not like me. What? <laughs> Because I saw her again this week and I brought her into one of the exam rooms and she was like, I don't like this room. And it's my favorite room for absolutely no reason. I just like it. And so I told her and I was like, oh, this is my favorite exam room. You know, like trying to. And she was like, clearly you have bad taste. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. <laughs> and I like came home and I told Andrew, I was like, this lady fucking hates me. <laughs> I don't know why. Clearly, I have I never given her any true crime facts. So she just, Maybe you have to. Maybe then she'll like me. Well, did you know when you're mean to people, they start killing you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I would get fired. <laughs> I don't know, I just have to, like, think about it. Because, like, obviously, like, I tell you tr true crime facts all the time. And, mm -hmm. like, everyone. Like, my mom said something to me the other day, and I was like, you know Ted Bundy, blah, blah, blah. And she was like... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.